The real estate market is booming. Whether you look in the suburbs or the city, Chicago continues to expand, creating incredible opportunities for those in the know. We'll connect with Chicago's real estate moguls to bring you the wisdom and expertise to help make your next real estate move a lucrative one on the Real Estate Moguls Podcast. Hi, everybody, and welcome to the Real Estate Moguls Podcast. My name is Stephanie Welter. I'm a realtor with Keller Williams Success Realty, and I'm joined today by Scott Sanders and Jarrett Svensson from Brightleaf Homes. Welcome, guys. Thank you. Thanks, Stephanie, for having us. I'm very excited to have you. I know that sustainability is a big topic nowadays, and you originally come from a home building background and have evolved to run your own company. So I'm just going to like shoot right into it. <laughs> Tell me about where you started in the industry and how you got to be Brightleaf Homes. Sure. Um, so as the founder of Brightleaf, and, and we have a whole team now of 16 people um, at the organization doing all kinds of stuff. But back when Brightleaf first started in 2008, it was just me, um, mm -hmm. evolving or trying to evolve into a, uh, somebody who could run a home building company. And um, I used to come from a production home building background, sort of a cookie cutter houses, tract housing, where mm -hmm. everything is the same all over. Um, mm -hmm. And it was sort of eating away at my heart um, to build these houses yeah. um, way, way, way out in the suburbs where it just wasn't a great quality of life and it wasn't a good quality product. Um, and people would be in their home and just not love it. I yeah. guess. And so um, it was refreshing when I could try to start doing that uh, when I was younger. Um, and How old were you? Uh, I think I was probably 23 or 24 um, oh, wow. when I first um, started Brightleaf. And oh started, uh, well, <laughs> it didn't go so great uh, for the first couple of years. <laughs> um, really in 2012 is when uh, we started to actually have revenue as a company and started to, to make money. Okay. Um, and so we grew pretty quickly from 2012 when we did our first renovation project in the suburbs, uh, actually out in Brookfield. Okay. And since then, we're, we're up to probably 30 or so projects a year um, with, like I said, that team of 16 people, all the way from architects and engineers to interior designers and more specifically to Jarrett here um, on the real estate side of things. So as we grew as a company, we realized that we want to sort of take the home building experience and package it all together to be a, sort of a one-stop shop, for lack of a better phrase yeah. for it. I love that. Um, and part of that is having somebody who can help, like Jarrett, help clients find a piece of property, help clients find a home to renovate or a piece of land to build on, help clients sell their existing property, help clients um, do mortgage financing, all of those kinds of things. Jared is here in-house. Realtors um, are the best. <laughs> uh, we do so much. Yeah, to do that kind of stuff. And so that is the evolution story that you were talking about, is it was just one person trying to renovate a house to a whole company of people doing everything related to it, a new home. So like when you first started in the industry and you're doing the cookie cutter models and you said, you said something that I think is really interesting. You said, eating away at my heart. And to me, one of my biggest passions, I think people that know me know this, is like aligning your work with your values. And it's so amazing <clears throat> to hear that you were able to do that and form your own company. How did that look? Was it like you quit your job and you filled out a business plan and went to the bank? Or was this something that you like had background doing? Like, How did you actually start a company and with a sustainability tilt? Sure. 
Uh, that is the nice thing about starting your own company is you form the company to your values, right? So yeah. that makes sense. Um, yeah. At least I don't have to try to find a company that aligns with my values. I've been able to create that and then bring people into the sphere like Jared and Rick and Alex, my partners, um, to do that um, mm -hmm. as long as we all share that combined vision. Um, but I think your question was sort of <clears throat> how did we go about starting all of that? Um, mm -hmm. and. The answer was yes, I moonlighted, um, doing a regular daytime job like most people do to yeah. start a company. Um, and then eventually when it got either enough traction or I got burned out enough from trying to do both things, something had to give. And yeah. in that case, it was my day job, um, wound up giving way. So okay. um, started doing Brightleaf full time uh, with some friends and family um, investment. And it's just sort of continued on from there. It's amazing. Yeah. And same for you, Jared. I remember sitting at a barbecue at John Kersey's house and you were Yeah, hi John. <laughs> um, you were a realtor at the time and you're kinda of talking about how you were looking for like a little something more. And you know, next thing I know I saw your evolution on social media and you know, what did what did your story look like? Sure. So well and speaking of social media, I just want to say that it's been really fun and inspirational to watch your success and growth over the past year. It's been thank you. pretty awesome, and I'm really excited that you had us here for this. Um, so thank you for that. So I was a science teacher. I taught eighth grade earth science for eight years, um, and I, I really loved it. I loved teaching. And um, when my wife and I started having a family, I got into real estate. And so I was doing both, and just like Scott, you know, it got to be a little much because I was doing, I was basically full-time. I'm a very social person. I have a pretty big network, so I was successful in real estate pretty quick. Mm -hmm. And it got to a point where it was it was over two full-time jobs. And um, so uh, the town that I lived in is definitely a town that uh, Brightleaf kind of got started and started building a lot of houses in. Where was this? In Brookfield by the zoo. Oh, okay. <clears throat> so having watched, uh, or being very into science, and being into uh, housing as my two different professions, uh, seeing a, a company that took a scientific approach to building, oh, that's so got cool. a little nerdy about it. And so I started lingering, I started uh, stalking them a little bit. And then one day I reached out to Scott Direct and I'm like, I don't know what I can do for you, but I know I can do something for you. Good for you. Um, so we started hanging out and it definitely, I saw the vision, I saw the growth potential. I saw that it wasn't just about, let's just build houses. There's all these different experience related um, things that we wanted to improve about the way people go about building a house, living in a house, um, and the overall health of families that live in homes. So uh, yeah. I started Brightleaf Realty. So I'm actually the managing broker of Brightleaf Realty. Oh, cool. Um, <clears throat> and then I, uh, within the first six months, and this was 2018 when I started that, in the first six months, I kind of kicked the director of sales and marketing out of his seat because uh, <laughs> I just, I love the sales so much. Yeah. Uh, I love the home so much that we built. And so I think um, your enthusiastic nature speaks to that. I think I, you're a natural <laughs> salesman. You don't have to be like I can only sell what I believe in. I mean, you know what? That's that's the great For quality. Sure. You're authentic. For sure. Um, so uh, there was a need, obviously, for uh, for real estate. Uh, whether it is. You can't just build a house anywhere, right? So, so analyzing land, uh, helping people find land, helping the coordination of the sale of their house for the move-in of their new house. Um, there's a lot of great benefits to having a real estate brokerage. Yeah. Um, now I, I sit in a number of seats at the company, but ultimately it's about educating people on what we do, what we do different, um, and what are the overall benefits of living in a Brightleaf house. Yeah. I wanted to jump on that quickly before Please. another question is, 
Jared, Jared is maybe a natural born salesperson, which is phenomenal, mm -hmm. super guy. Mm -hmm. um, but Jared loves educating people. He was a yeah. teacher, right? And oh, so good point. That's oh what gosh. we have found. There's not. It's trifecta <laughs> science, educator. It is. It's really it's critical in what we do building high performance homes that we're not, we're not really selling people on what we are building. We're educating people on what we're building. And once people understand what we're building and more importantly, why we're building it, to sort of give a shout out to Simon Sinek for finding the why, is it becomes self-evident that that's the thing to do, right? Yeah. There's almost no other better choice than to do what we are doing for someone's home. That so. is a wonderful synopsis of like, you're not selling someone, you're educating someone. That's, I'm, I'm gonna steal that, so. <laughs> <laughs> it works in a lot of cases. I, I, I like that. It works in sales. It's true. Yeah. <laughs> There's so many situations where it's like, I, I feel like providing people with the information that they just don't know, yeah. it's right. really not a salesman thing. It's like, no, this is how something works that I am really strongly passionate about. So, And, and uh, building a house is a journey and it's a large undertaking. It's a very complex thing. There's thousands of pieces that need to be put together all at the right time and by the right people. And it's a lot of project management. Logistics. And so the more we can <laughs> educate people on what that experience looks like before they actually even sign up for it, the better we can prepare them for, you know, um, the ups and the downs, and, and, and we can, you know, communicate early and often about where they're at and, and just try to make people feel more comfortable and confident yeah. while they're going through a process that historically is can be stressful and yeah. not every builder feels the same way. Yeah, so like personally speaking, my husband and I, when we are on our honeymoon, I specifically remember this, we're sitting in an infinity pool and we bought a book about building your own home because mm -hmm. that was our vision. We didn't want to buy a house. We wanted to live in nature. We wanted to be by water. We wanted to be by hiking trails and we wanted to create something on our own. And so we had, I think it was like <clears throat> building a house for dummies. I mean, it was something stupid. Sure. And we just like had a panic attack and just bought a regular house. Um, so I wish I had met you then. <laughs> this was four years ago. I mean, we ended up, we love our house and we remodeled it. But again, I wish I met you for the remodel because we didn't do a sustainable job and all of that stuff. So educate me. What does the process look like? So say, rewind the tape. I'm on my honeymoon. I want to build a house. Tell me about how that would look. I'm a normal consumer. What kind of loan do I have to get? Where do I start? Am I looking at parcels of land for sale or are you doing that for me? So first of all, we'll be around when you build your move up house. There you go. Just to be clear. <laughs> and I will let you answer that one. Um, <clears throat> I think that's a good process development and, and we're a very process driven company. It's certainly why we've expanded our service offerings to, to the extent that we have. Um, so those involve not just real estate. So we actually brought everything we could bring in house for the project management from the very moment you think to yourself, I want to build a house yeah. to, to thriving in that house. Yeah. Right? Um, and that all starts with, uh, it does start with land. Um, and so real estate kind of helps with that piece of it. We can help people find land, but the benefit of having um, uh, our services in real estate and being the home consultant too for Brightleaf is that we can talk to people about their overall goals. Mm -hmm. And everyone, it's gonna come down to two things and that's timeline and budget, we all know that. Um, so we can talk about what they want what kind of features that can get them, um, uh, get a real honest perspective as to what, you know, what we're doing here, right? Mm -hmm. And then we can use that to our advantage because then we can go out and find land that, that works with that goal. Um, once we actually have a place to design around, because we do need the land to design around. Our architect is very good about utilizing the orientation of the lot. He wants to know how tall your neighbor's house is, how far away it is, you know, where the tree cover is. Mm -hmm. 
um, okay. to take a real holistic approach to design so we can do things like maximize natural light in your house. Um, you know, we can we know where to aim the, the windows for privacy purposes. I mean, there's so many benefits to, to knowing where we're gonna build. Yeah. Um, that being said, we did bring an architect in-house. Uh, we have a senior architect who goes through the conceptual design process. That's when you when you start off with us. You've got to design your home. So we start off in the conceptual design sit, process. And like the, the client themselves get to sit with the architect. Yeah, it's a like, full custom process. It's really amazing. fun. That's amazing. Yeah. Um, cool. it's, it's fun to watch. Uh, I love the conceptual stage. That's when the form and functionality and the goals of how they want to live in their house all come out. Um, and he does a great job of listening and, and designing a home for them, right? So once they go through the conceptual process, we have to make it a functioning home, and we have a project architect who does the schematic drawings and the permit set. Um, those are two, two different sets of drawings because schematic is all the mechanicals and all the things that make a house a house mm -hmm. function. Um, and then we can also engineer the home specifically um, uh, so that we can put in uh, building practices that we feel are standard and all that Scott talked to those. Yeah. Um, but then ultimately, once we get that, that plan set, um, we go in for permit. There's a little bit of waiting game there, so we overlap oh, yeah. our interior I design. Game. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so we overlap our interior design process with permitting. Mm -hmm. uh, okay. When you're picking out all the finishes oh, and all the smart. fun stuff, um, keeps you busy and, and it, it's all necessary. Yeah. Especially in today's world, the, the more you have organized up front, the more work you do up front to prepare, mm -hmm. the more of those nightmare horror stories that you hear about from building, we can work to alleviate and eliminate because um, we can isolate them, right? And we can stay organized and we know this incredible lead time on window packages and all these things up front, um, so that when we're ordering, we're doing it at the appropriate time to, to make the actual build process as smooth, as smooth as we can. Yeah. Um, and I think we do a pretty good job of it. And there's like less surprises than when you're working on a house. You know, you open up that wall and right. there's always that horse store on HGTV. Like there's no wall that you're gonna find, you're building it. Yep. So we do do renovation projects and we could talk about that in a second. Oh, um, that's right. Because that stuff still does happen, yeah. right? But with proper planning and some investigation, you, we at least lessen the chances of that happening. Yeah. Um, sort of doing our due diligence. But um, Jarrett didn't intentionally do it, but he glossed over sort of the fact of the architect in house literally sitting on the other side of the wall from our project management team. And so we have a great architecture team and our senior architect and our project architect who are really figuring out how the home is going to go together. So they're building it virtually once in you know 3D in a, in a computer model. Um, but they're also soliciting feedback on costs. They're soliciting feedback on, does this work if I want to put that board like this or this window in this location yeah. from the people who are going to be building it in the field. And so wow. we can, in when, when all of the sort of stars align, we can align that process to give cost feedback and, and maybe a client, the house that they want to build that they've gone through architectural, conceptual architectural design for, is too big or costs too much money or is too complicated to build. Yeah. And we can get that feedback right then before we turn it in for the permit and right. wait five months for our building permit and then yeah. price it and figure out it costs too much to build. So we really try to short circuit that disconnect between designing a home and then pricing it by designing it and pricing it at the same time. And that goes for remodeling projects also, like you were talking about. Yeah. If we can do investigation to know what's behind the walls, mm -hmm. we're gonna do some investigation. So we have that surprise cost now right. at the beginning rather than later on in the project. That's and, very important. And please believe me, we run into plenty of surprise costs and plenty of hurdles and hiccups in our process. We are a growing company who is trying something that's not very common in the industry. Yeah, but, so uh, let's touch upon that because I think that's the most important reason why you're here is you are not like any other builder that I've met. I'm in the industry. I don't know any company that is so 
sustainability focused and you know that, that's that's your core values that's what you do differently obviously that's your sales pitch right there um what makes one of your um what was the word you used um high performance high performance, high performance. So. <laughs> thank you <clears throat> what makes your homes high performance like tell me the, about the features uh, I can tell you about the benefits probably more than the features. I don't think you want to know that we have our six windows and I do, our actually. 19 <laughs> dense packs. So you listen to later. Okay. Um, so I believe me, I can nerd out um, for far too long, but I'll try to, to weave them in together. A little bit of nerding. A little bit of nerding. Um, I can, that's okay. I'll try to I, think we I told him in preparation, bit. like, nerding is good. We like nerding. We do like <laughs> I nerding, love nerding, actually. And then people are going to Google what an R16 window is. I know <laughs> I am. Like, is this like a thicker pane of glass? Because uh, my house it's, is really cold. It's three panes of glass. Okay. So yeah, three panes instead of the normal two, or an old house, this Chicago bungalow is one pane, maybe sometimes with that storm. Yeah. But um, it it it's everything. Uh, so let me break that down. It is holistic from start to finish. Our project architect and our architect, and our even in our interior design team, they are all aligned with the mission of trying to do things sustainably. And certainly, you run up against barriers in terms of cost or availability or just practicality and we are not building the greenest homes on the planet. We're right. Not, we're not building the greenest homes in Chicago, but what we believe that we are doing <clears throat> is building the highest performing homes for the most value. And so that's where our niche is. There are definitely architects and other builders who build homes that use less energy than ours, uh -huh. but not for a com not for a price a reasonable we, value. It, it, correct. And that's all Because if you think about right. the volume of people that you can help versus <clears throat> the greenest homes ever, those yeah. are only the rich people that can get those. You so know, you're, you're able to help the average Joe. Trying. We're trying to get to that point. It's almost like yeah. Tesla. When Tesla didn't come out with the Model 3, their less expensive car to begin with, they right. had to come out with a higher priced, higher performing car to help work out the kinks. Right. Okay. And so that's sort of where we are getting to the point where we can work all of this stuff out and make it value focused to right. build less expensive homes for more people. That's ultimately the goal, right? Love we don't want to build five homes a year that are super green because that's not having an impact. Exactly. Um, yeah. And we want to have more of an impact. <clears throat> so some of the nerdy stuff, at least, um, beyond <laughs> the design, right? Like Jarrett was talking about having windows that face the right direction, having a roof that is at the right angle and faces the right direction for solar panels. Um, yeah having um, a very tight building envelope so you don't have to have a big mechanical system. And so you can take the money that you save on buying a bigger furnace and put it into solar panels or yeah. windows or a nicer stove if you want to. That's fine too. Right. Um, it's all about creating that value from a bunch of different angles. And so our building literally, envelope. Like the angle. There you go. Literally. <laughs> Sorry, um, no, that's fine. Um, <laughs> Me and got saying that. Go on. The nice thing about, um, one of the nice things about our architecture and design team is that that's all built in and it's mostly, much of it is hidden behind the walls. Mm -hmm. So our homes from the outside, they look just like any other awesome semi-customer custom luxury home we hope they do look right? luxury i will they, say that i was looking at the pictures nice like cabinets and they have nice countertops <laughs> and nice paint and trim and all that but hidden behind the walls is better insulation yeah dense pack cellulose insulation so recycled newspaper and recycled content and um, advanced air sealing so you have less drafts coming through the window and triple pane windows like we were just talking about yeah um, and advanced mechanical systems that are engineered to actually down to the size of the duct that goes to in an individual room is how much airflow does that room need um, all of that sort of nerdy stuff it all happens in the background it's fascinating and so if a client wants to talk about that 
almost anybody at Bright Leaf can talk about that. Yeah. But some clients are just like, build me an awesome home. Right. Okay, we'll just build you an awesome home. You don't want the details? Okay, uh, we can do that too. I want the details. <laughs> you got so, something to say. Well, so there, I mean, there are certainly people that come to us because of the, the high performance way that we build. And, and that's, we get very excited um, about that. But um, one of the nice things for me is that I get to talk to the benefits of our homes um, because those are the practical things, right? Like what are, <clears throat> why? Why build green, right? Some people are, are sustainably focused, eco-friendly, whatever, that's fine, that's great. We, like I said, we love that. Uh, but not everybody is. Um, some people come to us and they say, we want a high design, brand new construction home. And that's our focus. But then when I actually start nerding out on them and I start talking to them about all these things that we do, mm -hmm. um, you know, we insulate the uh, uh, better we air seal better, the materials that we choose are better, um, they're healthier to breathe. We get multiple certifications from third parties that actually verify that our homes are, are healthier to be living in um, during the pandemic. So not only are they environmentally conscious for the planet, they're, healthy. they're, they're yeah. healthier. So that's where high performance comes in. Sorry, just to no, segue yeah. for a second. High performance is not green, right? Yes, we build homes for tree huggers. There's no <laughs> doubt about it. But, yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's true. Um, but we also build homes for people who care about indoor air quality, for people who care about not having water leaking in their walls, right? Or bad installs of yeah. roofing or something. So high performance for us takes into account indoor air quality, it takes into account durability, it takes into account disaster resistance even, right? Is my home gonna hold up in rain and wind and tornadoes and snow and everything else? How's it gonna Climate perform? Climate change is coming um, and happening, not coming. Exactly. Yeah, you, you gotta look at the whole picture and, and you're doing everything, like, you know, preparing for the future, your current health conditions, you know, the, the current, you know, situation and preventative climate change, you know, that sort of thing. Like, that's amazing what yeah. you're doing. So that's why green, we try to shy away from it. It's a little overused and it doesn't frankly describe the broadness of what we're trying to do as yeah. a company and for people. So when you talk about air quality, did COVID affect your business as far as people wanting this kind of you know, air purification systems installed? So I would say we had um, a handful of people being certainly more interested in indoor air quality for filtration, but what we had was more people taking note of their home because they were in it 24 seven. Oh yeah, so I've seen a lot of that. <laughs> that. That happened to me, absolutely. I mean, I-, I You're like uh, in the 24 seven, like, ah. Uh. <laughs> you, you notice a buzz or you notice the furnace blowing air really, really loudly because the ducts are sized the wrong way or you notice that this window is really weird for not letting natural light in or not letting natural light in where you might not have noticed that before. Right. And so I believe that we've had more people who are more interested in the whole design of a home and why we do all of these things because they're spending more time in it, absolutely. Yeah. For sure. Okay, so I have a question. You talked a little bit about the different qualities of the homes that you build and you mentioned solar panels. Sure. This is a little bit of a, I don't want to say sore subject, but a debate between my husband and, uh, and I, or my husband and me, if you want to be grammatically correct. <laughs> um, solar panels that are leased, mm -hmm. are they helping the environment? Are they cutting costs for the consumer? Is it worth leasing or should you just buy? And in general, are solar panels helpful? Whew, there's a minefield. All right. Uh, <laughs> I'll take the bait. Um, uh, um, Everywhere 
for everything, someone is going to be able to find a drawback to it, right? Solar panels in and of themselves have precious metals in them. They have things that may or may not be recyclable in them for when the solar panels reach their end of life. Um, they certainly have costs to transport if they're made in Canada versus if they're made in China and they have to come across the ocean, right? So if you want to do the math, you can probably find pros and cons of anything, right? Solar mm -hmm. panels or even insulation. You could probably say insulation is bad if you really dug hard yeah. enough. Okay. So take, not taking that into account and just taking it at its face value, any solar panels that we can get installed on any roof are absolutely gonna help the environment, I believe, overall, because they are reducing the amount of electricity that needs to be generated mm -hmm. by typically fossil fuel plants. Okay. And in, in the recent past, Illinois has had some of our nuclear power plants on the chopping block for shutting down. And so, again, whether or not you believe nuclear power is clean or dirty, right, because of the long-term environmental impacts of nuclear power, let's just say that it's cleaner for, than coal and natural gas for now. Um, the sun is clean for sure, no matter what, because mm -hmm. uh, that energy is coming here anyway. So more solar panels is good, um, regardless of almost where they are. Leased solar panels versus purchased solar panels is sort of a different conversation and question because it all depends on the lease arrangement with the solar panel provider. Mm -hmm. It depends on what your utility costs are before and after the solar panels and how the lease is set up and how it impacts your property value also. Okay. So when we put solar on a home, our clients are purchasing those solar panels outright and mm -hmm. they are rolling them into the construction loan and into the mortgage more often than not. Right. And so they own them. They have the tax credit that goes back to them. They have the renewable energy credit that goes back to them. Do you not get the tax them. credit when you leave? <clears throat> no. Um, uh, I don't know, actually. I think they Those told us- Those change like, all the time. Yeah. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. Because that was one of their big selling points. So So maybe that is still the case, yeah. I don't this know. Is... I'm, I'm learning. This is our first year with solar panels. Okay. And I'm feeling like we're getting duped and we're trying to navigate that because I'm looking at two different combat bills from yep. last year and this year and I'm like, you know, the, the lease is a hundred bucks a month. Our bill was, you know, a little bit more than that every year or every month in general and now I feel like the bills are the same but we still have to pay the hundred like and they show like here's like this part where it's coming from the grid <clears throat> and oh it was cloudy out that week or whatever. So there is definitely still experience improvement to be made by ComEd for everybody. And that's not just for leasing. So I have solar panels in my home um, and the first six months that our solar panels were active, our bills were the same thing. They were way more and we didn't appear to be getting the generation credit. So oh, okay. I think over time as ComEd and any of the other utilities work to figure out solar and how to integrate it better into the grid and into their customer service programs, frankly, uh -huh. um, it might be a little bit easier to troubleshoot things like that. Okay. My girlfriend is actually on my case about trying to figure out if we're <laughs> saving so money or not thing. on our solar okay. panels. Yeah, and I was so, like, I'll look at it. I don't know. I'm this, not sure. this is a point of education for me. So is the energy that's being generated by the solar panels, it's not going directly to your house. It's no. not going through your solar panels to your TV, right? It's going to ComEd. Right. And then ComEd gives you a credit for the amount of energy that you've given them. Right. Right. So I, I think that plays into this as well. Yeah. It's, 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 they have a lot more control than your solar panels do. Is that 
Fair to say? Yeah, so it, it, it's tough because you have to really look at how much power you're using. Maybe in the past year, you've stayed home twice as much, and maybe your usage has actually, I'm not saying it has, has actually gone up to double, right? <laughs> no, um, we did talk. We were like unplugging. I bought like a mini fridge for bottles for the middle of the night, and we're like, well, <laughs> no, we're going to have to go downstairs because this is going to do it. This little like, it's like six inch tall fridge. Yeah, it adds um, up. But yeah, it's, I don't know if it's the usage. It's, I just think it's, it's an interesting concept of like, is it worth buying versus leasing? I kind of figured if we were going to do it, we should just buy them, but it, we're past that now. Just put yeah. it that way. And, the, I mean, it's an, and, and it is an expensive upfront investment, right? Yeah. That's some of the point of our homes, too, is our homes absolutely cost more than yeah. standard homes. Right. And they should. They right. have to. It's an investment in the future that you are making now because you believe that there's going to be a longer-term payback in comfort or in energy efficiency or in just quality of life. And it's really hard to put a dollar amount to it, but right. it's there yeah. with better design. That makes sense. So that applies to solar panels like houses. <laughs> It also applies to solar panels being put on an existing home versus a new construction home. I'd say one of the reasons why we like to build um, our, our, our certain our, our focus on our company is new construction from the ground up mm -hmm. because we have a, a lot of control over the home as a system. Yeah. Right? Um, so having solar panels on an existing home that might not have great air sealing, it might have a lot of drafts or something like that, it might not have as big of an impact mm -hmm. on a new construction home where the home has advanced insulation, better air sealing, better windows. Things like that. That makes a lot of sense. And as we're talking, I'm like pinpointing all these little areas of my home that I want to now like fix. Like <laughs> the window thing in particular, you got me. I'm like, you know, take my money. Because um, we have just picture windows. We live on the lake, but it's freezing in the winter. Yeah. Like if you walk past that wall, it's like, oh. Feel the draft. We bought like thick curtains one year to like cover them, but mm -hmm. then you can't see the lake. So I'm like, screw it. I'll just wear a sweater. <laughs> I need triple pane windows. Like come you on. Might. So 2022. I, I, I want to jump in on that because uh, something you just mentioned is a, is a huge benefit of, of the way that we build too um, is the level of comfort. So this is something that people, like Scott said, when we when we start talking to people about what these benefits are, they might not think about it because they don't they don't know what they don't know. Right. The comfort level in our homes is very consistent. From it doesn't matter where you are in terms of what floor. We've had clients call us and tell us how love they how much they love sitting right on their windowsill because it, it feels the same. Yeah. Um, th there's a comfort that, I mean, you shouldn't have to have a new construction home. And we've had people tell us that in their old new construction homes, they've had to remove clothes out of their closet during the winter because they'd be ice cold the next morning. <laughs> you know, that, that shouldn't be the case, right? Yeah, um, quality of life. Right. So How do you put a price on that? You don't. Right. Stuff. Yeah, it's, and especially if it's rolled into the loan, and I don't know, you know, the future of interest rates, but being a loan officer, I know how great they've been this past year in particular. I know they're up a tick now and they're projected to go up higher. But if you're financing a new construction, you know, you can afford that monthly payment. I mean, yes, quality of life, do it. That's, yeah. you know, you're going to otherwise <clears throat> you're paying ComEd, you're paying the gas company and you're buying thick curtains and sweaters. I mean, it adds <laughs> yeah, your sweater you bills realize, Yeah, your sweater bill is through the roof. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, that's awesome. So before we, you know, kind of wrap things up here, what are some things that the average homeowner can do to, you know, conserve energy, live more comfortably if they can't afford a full rehab of their home? For sure. It's... Uh... 
it can get very expensive very quickly to do a new construction or a renovation project at the scale that we are doing. Um, and so how can everybody do something? And if you haven't heard it from ComEd, really it boils down to, or NICOR, I guess, as the gas provider, yeah. um, doing things to reduce your energy use first. It's like recycling, right? Reduce, reuse, recycle. Reduce yeah. starts first. Don't buy something if you can prevent it. So yeah. um, don't turn the light on or don't forget to leave. Don't forget to turn the light off, I guess. I know um, my husband is looking at me right now. <laughs> put on a sweater instead of walking around in your boxers. Well, you have kids. It's like impossible with kids, too. I find that, me like, and my son yeah. are like the king and queen of leaving lights on. And oh, I'm, I'm that dad that just walks around the house. Yeah. Just, yeah. So that's one thing. Okay. Um, and even automated lighting, right? You don't need a whole home, you know, $20,000 whole home lighting control system. You could get an Alexa or a Siri or whatever it is and put some smart plugs around so it oh, turns on idea. lamps right when you want to or turns off lamps. Or if you can say when you're in the kitchen, turn off all my upstairs lights, all your lights will go off. That's right? a great idea. Go back up there. Um, and then it is um, trying to do just the basic things of making sure that your house is losing less of the air that you paid to heat up in the winter or it's paid to heat up in the yeah. or cool down in the summer, right? So air sealing around windows if you can, some caulking, um, some weather stripping, um, mm -hmm. even in the hands of a novice um, is certainly beneficial because literally you're letting air go out your windows and doors or yeah. come in your windows and doors depending on the season and the wind, especially living on the lake yeah. with wind coming it's off the lake. Um, so you should not call the window company and replace your windows immediately without putting in some LED light bulbs okay. and turning off the lights okay. and um, <laughs> doing a little bit of air sealing um, because it just makes more, you'll have more of an impact per dollar spent if you yeah. use some of those very, very basic things. And you'll have a higher level of comfort also, frankly, okay. um, instead of taking the plunge and spending $20,000 on new windows and doors and that, everything else. Is that else. how much it is? Uh, it, I mean, it can, <laughs> it can vary, right? I mean, Certainly can. You can I like, can't wait to look it up. I just picturing my windows now. I'm the worst. Um, yeah. You're like, I'll turn off some lights. Yeah. yeah. Oh, so back to windows, just the very last thing is just make sure your windows are locked. An amazing amount of people don't lock their windows, and when you lock the window, it actually engages the weather strip, so it's totally sealed. I didn't know that. So people close their windows, and they sort of don't put both locks, or they don't lock it all the way, or maybe the window's too old, and it doesn't lock totally. You should really have the locks repaired, because otherwise the window isn't going to go together and grip. seal. Yeah. Okay. So that's a super, super simple thing. Yeah. Don't replace the window. Fix the lock. That's very <laughs> I didn't know that it made a difference yeah. other than for security. Yeah. Okay. So you mentioned, you know, a little bit about where you're going. You're trying to get more, you know, more volume of clients that can afford your products. You know, what's what's on the horizon for Brightleaf Homes? So I'll jump in there. Um, one of the initiatives for this year is um, the analogy of Tesla is really is really great, right? So right now we are focused on full blown, just start to finish custom homes, right? Um, and that is out of all the different housing solutions you can do, that is the most expensive track. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> you know, we talked about US about process earlier. Um, not every builder is a design build company. So we found a lot of efficiencies in the process in the design build company, um, rather than getting your architect first and then, you know, finding your builder. Right, you don't have to outsource. And, and you don't have to coordinate and there's all this accountability and everyone's pointing fingers and there's yeah. a lot of, there's a lot to that. But yeah. um, in terms of, that's the full custom process. Uh, one way that we can potentially start to reduce some costs is if we go with a more semi-custom route. Um, and that, from a building perspective, is going to be creating models. Um, having an architect in the house who's very good is a very huge advantage because- And the design team. Are and the, exactly right, because it could be a curated design. So we can come up with oh, multiple models. 
We have our uh, we have a really good estimating department who can understand what those costs are, and we can actually just put price tags to them, mm -hmm. or at least you know uh, much more understanding costs up front, so that people can 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 um, uh, know what the costs are before they jump into a custom process. Yeah. The way that we can start to save some money on the average home when that uh, doing that is is once we start to replicate a design over and over again, we start finding efficiencies in the build. Um, we can start you know uh, leveraging our our trades and vendors on volume and oh, there's all kinds of ways from the industry perspective. And even labor, to, you know, you're repeating the same process right. with the same you know whatever fixture it may be. Mm -hmm. You don't have to figure it out for the first time over and over and over again. So you're saving hours. You're saving you know. And so, product is wholesale. Mm -hmm. And so you remember I started off because I used to work for a cookie cutter home builder. Yeah. Yes, this sounds like cookie cutter home building, but it's not um, because again, the quality is higher, but we are still leveraging the efficiencies of process and systems yeah. to building homes for more people. Right. And yes, we might build the same home twice in a city, but it's you're not five doing, miles away. Yeah, you're not doing <laughs> strips of yeah. community. I always picture the beginning of weeds where it's uh, taking tacky <laughs> houses. And yep. every time I go through one of those suburbs and I do a lot in real estate, I'm just like, oh my gosh, like, you know, they're, they're all cookie cutter. I mean, just the same house over and over again. So and it's cool that you guys are so custom. It's like, yeah, you yeah. can still do the wholesale, you know, bulk, you know, replicate certain, you know, fixtures, but it's not all just in a strip, yeah. you know. Awesome. Um, yeah, I mean, production home building is, there's benefits to it. So that's another way you can also <clears throat> bring your overall cost down because if you grab a large piece of land and then you divide it into 10 different lots or whatever, you're able to distribute the development costs of that of those homes among five different properties. So you're, when you're selling those homes, you can actually kind of group together development. And there's obviously cost savings too in the in the trades that, that come and do the work to develop it mm -hmm. because instead of saying, hey, here's this one infill lot, they're gonna, it's it's full price for the whole thing, right? But if you say, hey, I'll give you you know a month's worth of work and here's 10 different lots and you're doing the same thing on each one, there's absolutely cost savings in that yeah. that you can pass down to the consumer. Mm -hmm. Love it. Mm -hmm. Awesome, well, I wanna thank you again for being here today. This was so exciting because there's so many questions I have when I look at sustainability and home building and you know being in the industry. I find this industry is like um, Pandora's box of, you, I could learn, you know, about investing. Totally. I can learn about, you know, commercial. I can learn about building. And I'm just grateful to have gleaned a little bit of knowledge from you both. And thank you for coming today. Yeah, appreciate the invite. Thank you. For thank you very much. Absolutely.